You know, when I first started fishing, I bought a pack of these power bait chigger craws in the green pumpkin color. And uh, I didn't know what I was doing, and I, I used them a few times, and I didn't catch anything, um, probably because I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know how to fish them. In any case, uh, recently a buddy let me borrow uh, one of these, and um, it worked great. I caught a bass, and um, I found out how to actually use them and when to use them and stuff like that. So I looked for the package I bought because I had a bunch left, and I couldn't find it. So I went out and bought a new one, and then I found it like the next day. So now I've got double power bait chigger craws. So that's a score. In any case, uh, I wanted to really quickly uh, talk about something that uh, I was talking to my brother about this, and, and he gave me some really good insight into it. But actually, I, I started thinking about it um, because yesterday, I believe, Andrew Torba was live streaming a, uh, an episode of the King's Hall podcast. I don't think the episode was live. I think he was just playing it live just to test out the new Gab Voice uh, product. And uh, brothers, I've heard of this King Hall podcast before. I have not listened to it until yesterday. You guys are doing a great job. I mean, there were so many things that resonated with stuff I've thought about in the past, but you guys put such a fine point on it. I wish I thought of some of the ways you were describing some of that stuff. So so that's really good. I'm going to have to listen to that podcast more often. I didn't hear the whole episode yesterday because I kind of came in in the middle, but they mentioned something that got me thinking about something that I talked to my brother about, and it was this idea of egghead Christianity. And um, egghead Christianity, you know, when I first became a Christian, um, there was sort of an idea that I don't think was explicitly taught, but it was just assumed. It was just part of the narrative that I got from, you know, mostly the Big Eva type people, you know, the Tim Kellers, the Matt Chandlers, the, you know, Mark Driscoll, stuff like that. And it's this idea that, like, the, the Christian life for a man, like, you know, you, you're studying, you know, you've got your, you've got your, you don't even have an office. You don't have a man cave. You're, you've got to study and you've got, you know, books, just tons of books behind you and they're leather bound and, and you, you know, you read multiple books at once and it takes, you take, you don't just read it. You, you really dig in and you study it and, and, and you buy books and you, in fact, you brag about how many books you buy and you haven't even read them all because you're just spending so much time camped out in this one book, you're reading Turretin, and and you just you're just you're, you're sucking the marrow out of Turretin, and that's just it's just amazing. You just you get your jollies from this, and and you sniff your book. I, I don't know about the sniffing part, but but yeah, like it, it's it's a very weird culture, and um, but but at the time, you know, I was a new Christian, so I didn't know any better, and and I did have I lived in New York City at the time, so I had this long commute. That normally I would just play a stupid, you know, you know, cell phone game or something, or or just do nothing, and it was easy to redeem that time because it was just wasted time otherwise. So what I would do is I'd read, I'd read a lot of books, and I would read old books, I'd read new books, I'd read pop theology books, I'd read systematic theology books, and all kinds of stuff. I remember I even taught myself, you know, first and second year Greek on the subway ride and, and stuff like that. And so, um, I did that. I kind of. I had a lot of books, and I didn't have a study because I lived in New York, and apartments in New York are tiny. But, you know, basically I had that going on, you know, and, and I would post pictures on, on Twitter or, or, or Facebook or whatever of, uh, of, of my leather-bound book collection and stuff like that. And that's what people did. It was just part of the culture. And I just I, I learned a lot for sure. I, I enjoyed it, and, and it was great and all of that, and, and it was fine. But then when I left New York and I had other things that I could do, I didn't have a long commute. I didn't do that quite as much. You know, I didn't, 
I didn't study systematics. Now, now when I became a pastor, of course, I did, because that's actually part of the job of a pastor is to study. But there's this impression that for regular Joe Christians, you know, Christians in the pews, that, that you, you basically have to treat your life as if you are a pastor, even though you're not. Like, you, you spend your time studying, and you, it's not enough to even read devotionally through the Bible. Like, you have to really study the Scripture. If you're not studying the Scripture, then there's something wrong with you almost. And, and um, I, 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 I've come to realize that that's actually really not the Christian life at all. And, and I, a lot of this stuff comes from guys like Piper. You know, they write these poems about Christ, and it's almost presented as if, like, this is the pinnacle of the Christian male life, is to, is to spend your time thinking about Christ and writing poetry about Christ. And if, you know, if you do take a walk in the woods, you better be thinking about Christ while you're doing it and stuff like that. And it's just, I just don't see that as the standard, normal, godly Christian life for everybody. Now, look, if you like reading theology books, you know, turn to, you know, you get the new Turretin and like you just can't wait to dig in. That's really you. You're that's you really get enjoyment out of it. Then that's a gift from God and accept it and knock yourself out. Right. But that's not me. That's not me. And that's not a lot of people. Now, and I think you know you can even hear this kind of come through sometimes in in podcast interviews. And, and listen, if you've invited me on your podcast and you've asked me this question, I'm not mad at you. Okay, so don't hear me saying I'm mad at you. I'm not. But it's like it's just a, a lot is assumed sometimes where it's like, all right, well let me ask you a question. What are you reading right now, Ad? And it's like well, I'm, not, I'm not really reading much to be honest with you. I'm taking care of my kids. I'm playing with them. I'm going fishing. I'm doing stuff. But here's what I do do when I when I need to reference something, right? Like something will come up in a conversation, or maybe on, I see something on 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 Twitter, and I'm like, oh, I wonder what Rush Dooney said about this verse. And so I'll go to my books and I'll pull it up. I'll reference it and I'll read the the, the what he said about it. I'll read the surrounding context, and that'll be that's what I do. That. Am I really reading Rush Dooney at the time? No, I'm not really reading Rush Dooney at the time, but but I am, you know, and, every, and I'll read books. I mean, I'm not saying I don't read. I'll read books when something interests me, but I don't do the thing where it's like, all right, well, now I've got to study. You know, it's, it's not that's not really for everyday regular Christians. And so if that's not you, I want to encourage you that that's probably fine. By the way, the scripture, if, if, if you do read the scripture, which of course I have, you know, one of the first things I did when I converted is I read all the way through the Bible beginning to end very quickly. And if you haven't done that, I recommend doing it. There you go. But if you do read the Bible, you'll notice that the primary way that God expects his people to receive his word is through hearing it preached. It's not spending your devotional time, you know, you get your little coffee and then you, you open up your Bible and of course you take a picture of it and put it on Twitter and that's your devotional time. Like there's really nothing like that in the Bible. <laughs> and But it's assumed like that is the spiritual, if you're not doing that, I mean, you're not even a basic Christian. It's like, well, in the Bible though, the primary way, if you like doing that, I'm not saying don't do that. In fact, I think it's a good idea. But if you don't have time for it, right? If you don't have time to get your little coffee and and to get your quiet time in, right? Like, especially for a young parent, like, quiet time can be difficult to come by. If you're not doing that, take heart. Take heart, because the Christian life is about more than your quiet time, right? 
the primary way that the God that 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 the that the, that the gospels I'm sorry the, uh, the 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 letters of Paul about how the church is organized you hear the word preached and if you're if, so if you're not doing that if you're not going to church hearing the word preached there is a problem there right but but it's it's pastors that are supposed to study to show themselves approved. If you want to study too, that's fine. But if you but if you spend your time, maybe you're you're starting a construction business and you're in the field because you're just starting out. So you're you're out there, you're building stuff, and then when you get home, you've got to spend some more time actually after your kids go to bed, you know, you have to spend more time actually working on the business, right? Like you're not always in the business, you have to work on your business as well. And you're buying, you're selling, you're making deals, your stuff like that, you're you're hiring. If you're spending a lot of time doing that because you've got a vision to start a construction business for the glory of God and obviously for the benefit of your family as well, you want your kids to join you in it, you want to build a a foundation for your family so that they're set in the future, like those are godly things, right? Yes, you need to teach your kids about Christ, so you need to know enough about them to teach their kids about Christ. And probably that knowledge is going to have to progress as they get older because when they're six years old, it's easy to explain things. When they're 12... 15, 18, probably going to need to know a little bit more. But that's okay. You've got time to grow into that, right? You know, if, you, if you're not taking your family to church, that's a problem because the Bible is specifically explicit about that. But what I mean is, like, if you don't have your study, you know, you don't have, you are not have your leather-bound books and, and you're not bragging online about how many books you purchased and how many books are, are in the queue to read and you can't wait to get to the new Zwingli, <laughs> the new Zwingli, <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. You know what I mean. Or maybe you don't even know who Zwingli is, right? You don't know who Zwingli is. Dude, that's okay. Because the, the thing is, when, when you see the marks of a true Christian, of course you're growing in knowledge, right? But most of those marks are, are character traits, things that you're doing. You're growing in holiness and obedience to God. Like if you don't know the Bible enough to know what obedience to God looks like, then you have some work to do. There's just no question about that, right? But if you're not getting your quiet time in every day and you're not doing uh, you're not writing poetry to God um, because you don't like to write poetry. Right. Instead, what you like to do is you like to work on old cars and stuff like that. And, you know, maybe you're kind of working on a side project where, you know, you build an old car and then you sell it. You turn a small profit and then you get some more parts to make a new, you know, to work on a new old car and stuff like that. And you're just that's what you like to do. That's fine, guys. That's fine. I say this all the time. You know, when I'm out fishing. Uh, of course, sometimes I'll talk to God and I'll pray to the Lord, and other times I won't. That's okay. If, if you don't have a, a study project going on right now, there's nothing wrong with that. Like, you don't have to go searching, oh, I got to study about, I got to study about the intricacies of this Trinitarian controversy. Like, if that excites you and you want to do that, go for it. But if you have no reason to do that, you don't have to do it. <laughs> It's just that simple. I remember I did a study. I've done one study project, um, <clears throat> like a real intense one is what I mean. I've done small ones, of course. I've done one study project on a, an issue of theology w- when I wasn't a pastor, right? Like, f- just for my own purposes. And it had to do with prayer. Because I remember as a young Christian feeling like I w- there was something wrong with me because most of my prayers, I was asking God for something. I was very needy, right? I felt needy. Like I needed help with something, I was worried about something, something was coming up that I needed help with, and I kept 
hearing Big Eva type pastors tell me that that was wrong. They'd be like, if you're only, if you only pray when you're in trouble, then you're in trouble. Like, and like, and they made it seem like you should feel bad if you're, if most of your prayers aren't magnifying His glory and they're not prayers of praise or thanksgiving. If if most of your prayers are asking God for something, there's something wrong with you. And so I was wondering, where do they get this? Like, I I find myself often praying when I need help, and I didn't, I, I, I didn't feel bad about that, but then I was kind of being made to feel bad. I was like, where are they getting this? So I studied prayer. I looked up I, exhaustively every instance of prayer in the entire Bible, and I would read the, the instance of prayer, and then I would read the surrounding context. It took me a while to do this, and I would classify each prayer into like four or five categories, you know, either asking for something, thanksgiving, praise, glor- glorifying God, whatever, whatever it is, right? And I forget the exact categories I use, but I use like five categories. And what I found after an exhaustive study of this was that like 80% of prayers are asking God for something. So I, I remember thinking, yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah, these Big Eva guys, at the time I didn't know they were Big Eva, I just, <laughs> they were just the teachers, you know? Yeah, you know, I'm not going to listen to them so much on that. I'm not going to feel bad for, for asking God for help when I need help. If I'm, if I'm in trouble, I'm just going to ask God for help. And, I'm, and that's just as simple as that. And if, if most of my prayers end up being that, I'm okay with that because that's what we see presented in the Scripture. No apologies. And that was an issue that you know, I was not a pastor at the time. I had no project I was working on. Like I wasn't writing a book or something or just something I was interested in. And it came up in, in regular life. And it's been so helpful to me. And if you've never done that, then that's fine. But if, if something comes up and you do decide to do it, that's fine too. I don't know. I, I just want to encourage you because I, I feel like there's probably a lot of regular guys out there that aren't theological eggheads that when they see the, the Thomas Aquinas wars that are going on on Twitter, like, what the heck is going on here? Like, I don't even understand any of this stuff. That's fine, guys. That's fine. You don't have to understand it. And it's totally fine. Obviously, over time, we're growing in the knowledge of God. We get that, right? We get that. And that's going to happen if you go to Sunday worship service, right? That's going to happen. But you don't need to be out there, you know, learning Greek if that's not something that excites you. That's not something that interests you. That's okay. You can just enjoy your life, raise your family in the fear and admonition of the Lord, take care of them, provide for them, work on your legacy, all that kind of stuff. That's totally fine. You don't, the Christian life is not the life of a pastor. That's not for everybody. God gifts certain people. My brother is one of these people that's gifted like that. He just loves reading systematic theologies. He gets, he gets a lot of pleasure out of it. And that's good because he's a pastor and it's required for his job, right? But, but my job is not, I'm not a pastor, right? That's not required for my job. There are certain topics about theology that interest me, and so I read about them. Not all the time, but I do. You know what interests me right now? Fishing interests me right now, so I'm doing that. I'm writing a children's book right now, so I'm doing that. Lots of, t- lots of topics interest me, and that's okay. In any case, I just want to encourage you guys, uh, Christianity is for normal people. And if you're living a normal life and you're obeying Christ, then good. That, that's good. That's fine. You don't, have to, you don't have to brag about how many systematics you've read this month. In fact, I would think it's preferable not to. (laughs) In any case, um, two more quick things. Um, The last video about Torba, somebody reached out to me, and he seemed like a good guy. He was very concerned with me for for supporting Torba, and he was confused. He thought that maybe what I was doing was like an enemy is an enemy is my friend kind of thing. 
So like the ADL hates Torba and I hate the ADL, so therefore I support Torba. And I wasn't really supporting him. It was just like an enemy is my enemy is my friend. I want to clear that up right now. That's not what's going on. So I figured maybe other people thought I was doing that as well. I'm not. No, I support Torba. I think he's a brother. I think he's a solid brother. I think he's a force for the kingdom of God. And I support him. And, uh, you know, I... I, I, I hope to talk to him more in the coming uh, coming years and stuff like that, and um, hopefully, you know, that'll be a, a good partnership, and I consider him a friend. So uh, there you go. There you go. I want to make sure that that is totally clear. Uh, in any case, I hope you found this one helpful. God bless.